Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Wesson Walker Show. And a moral lesson is told at the end of each episode. One notable episode is one called The Price, in which a boy buys a drug called Spin. He was smoking that Spin. It's Wes. Becomes addicted to it and dies of an overdose. We need oh, no. more cartoons like that these days for these badass. And Walker. Will these kids die of drugs? Yes, so they can learn their lesson and know not to do it. If somebody fictional dies, they'll learn not to do it in non-fiction. You know what I'm saying? And for that reason, Marshall Bravestar, Tex-Hex, New Texas is straight. Fire! I had the action figure, Bravestar, but my mom wouldn't let me get Tex-Hex. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Oh, come on, Mom. Why didn't you do that? You said it was too demonic. Well, maybe it's because a kid died of drugs. One more hour to go for the week on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Got a lot of Brock haters on the text line here, I know Wes. it is. Telling I know you. it is. Yeah, they're saying he's straight fizzled. Yeah. Saying he's uh, not even fizzled. Yeah. Biggest but, fraud quarterback in the yeah. league. All he's doing is balling. Fire or fraud? That was the question. That's the game they want to play. <laughs> you agree with the people on the text line? I did not. All those people, you know. I love you guys out there on the text mm-hmm. line, but... Um, I know you don't agree. What about you, Fitty? Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. It's like last week it's easy to make that because he was throwing to wide open receivers and Arizona's defense has fallen off. I blame myself. But You should. I when they scored forty two on my Cowboys on Sunday night football, he was making throws to where it's oh, just okay. like he's different. But I, I mean, I think the thing with Brock is that like I think if you put him in Tampa Bay, is he playing this way? Like no, he's oh. definitely a he definitely benefits from. This is where I blame myself. The best offensive, one of the best offensive lines, one of the best skill position groups. But Kyle Shanahan, man, mm. just knows how to coach the quarterback position. I mean, he took Matt Ryan's ass to the Super Bowl. He can take Brock Purdy there. <laughs> Matt Ryan's. <laughs> you want to go to Livewire? Yeah, I think we should go. To okay, Livewire. sounds good. But before we do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, so man, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I just think it's hilarious how people think a seventh rounder in Juwan Jennings, a fifth rounder in George Kittle, you know, a second rounder oh, in Devo Samuel. No, I'm not falling for it. That was injury prone. I'm not falling for it. At South Carolina. No, they're phenomenal players. They developed into phenomenal players. And as I always say, nobody's done what Brock's done in that system. And the number one in yards per attempt and yards per completion, to me, just shut down any of that. Oh, he's he's throwing them wide open guys, and they're doing all the work. That's a deep like, baby voice. Yeah, that's, 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 baby that, that, that's, that's like baby. That's like Barry White whining. Yeah, the thing is that, that kills me is that even pundits who were knocking him before have come around. And the last thing I say is that all it is with fans at this point is pedigree. If Brock Purdy was a first or second round pick. Nobody would be saying anything. They would be saying what a great player he is, what a great pick he was. But because he was Mr. Irrelevant, that's going to continue to stick on him. But you know what? I love it because it's going to keep him hungry. It's going to keep that chip on his shoulder. 
And if they are fortunate enough, I'm not giving or conceding anything. If mm-hmm. they are fortunate enough to hoist that Lombardi, it's going to be more validation for him. Live watch. What, what about no? Okay, all right. Oh, what you got? What you got? You got? No, I was going to say just the uh, the Brock Purdy like number one in completion. I think his like yards per completion. Yeah, he's better than 28 QBs in yards per completion on screen passes. That's fine. I'm just saying a lot of it, anyways. But the number one, you know, in yards per completion kind of debunks. The- no, I'm saying, but that's screen passes, though. What I'm saying, like, screen passes are also, like, a part of the yards per completion because of those guys. But Brock Purdy's balling. Yeah, and he's number one in yards per attempt, too. So, you know, he's throwing the ball down the field. Live wire connect. Yeah, hit it. Live wire is on the team, too. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The I pulled the foul line up just in case we ended up going foul line. (laughs) You might do it here, right? But I might go to it here because, and you know, when this happened yesterday, I thought maybe this would lead today's show. But then, you know, Duke Carolina got two massive wins in basketball last night. You got news uh, from Florida State that dominated the, the campus corner. But yesterday was National Signing Day. Um, and Mac Brown held his press conference to talk about the 27 commits that Carolina uh, signed officially to their program. But during the midst of his press conference, he responded to remember after Dave Doran and after NC State beat Carolina final week in the regular season, he called the Tar Heels pieces of bleep mm-hmm. in a postgame locker room speech that was caught on camera. Well, three weeks later, the head coach of the Tar Heels, he responded. Last ball game <clears throat> with a rival school after the game, the, the head coach of that school called our players a piece of <laughs> And I apologize for that language, but I've never heard something like that before. And I, I'm disappointed. Uh, I thought it was classless. Uh, it's not true. Uh, number one, we didn't play well in the game. We didn't coach well in the game. That's been very well documented, and I got that. Uh, but you don't call kids a piece of <laughs> And... Um, I've addressed it with our team. I apologize to them. Uh, These kids are one of the top academic groups in America. They got an award for AFCA's top 13. Um, They've won a coastal division. They've won a bunch of games. They've been to an Orange Bowl, been to five straight bowls. They represent us well. And from me speaking for them and their parents, they really didn't appreciate uh, being called a piece of Never heard that before. Um, and, And very, very disappointing. All right. So, do you do you want to hear what Dave Dorn had to say, or do you want to let me respond? Let's hit Dave Dorn first for the proper context, and then you go. Okay. So then, in Boren Dorn's press conference, where he was up there to talk about the kids that um, he recruited to NC State, probably illegally, uh, he he addressed the situation with. Uh, Mac Brown and the Carolina program. Well, you should have heard what I said about myself and my own team after we lost to Duke in that locker room. <laughs> um, first of all, when we go to these meetings, we're supposed to get notice that there's a camera in our locker room. And that was not done. And so, you know, I have a lot of regret that that was on TV because it shouldn't have been. When you go into a locker room with your team, that is a private conversation. Unless they ask if they can be in there with a camera, and that was not asked. That doesn't give me an excuse to have that public. Uh, But that's what happened. No one told me. And obviously, if I knew I was on camera, my language would not have been what it was. 
doesn't make it any better. No. And I did call coach and apologize um, because I could have used a lot of different words, obviously. He caught me in a heat of a moment situation in the locker room celebrating a huge win. And I was fired up about how we played, you know. But uh, I have respect for coach. And, and, you know, so last thing I wanted was for him to feel that. And again, it's not an excuse, but it shouldn't have been on TV. And, and I think there's a thousand coaches out there would tell you that, you know, if we had to apologize for everything we said in the locker room, we'd probably spend a lot of time doing that. <sighs> Let's get it. They'll look at this to see whether this is a flagrant. That was scary. I don't, even, I don't even know if I want to see that again. You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? So if we remember back in October after a home loss to Virginia, I came on here, went to the foul line, and I went berserk and said that the dumbest thing I ever did was believe in Carolina football because all they do is fail. And in Mac Brown's response to Dave Doran calling his team and his pro- uh, program pieces of bleep, you understand why. It's a mindset issue. Because Dave Doran might have walked back what he said. Well, you know what else he did? He stood on business. He didn't regret what he said. He just regret that it got out. And that is the biggest freaking problem Carolina football has when it goes against NC State. It goes and faces a team that lives to kick our ass. And most times, more often than not, that's what they do. And they run their mouth. And they plant their flag. And they conceive babies celebrating the win. And then our head coach, oh, he apologized to his own kids for someone else calling them pizzas of bleep. How about, how about we just show up one time in this rivalry, kick their ass, and then remind them what they are. They're peasants, they're farmers, they're know-nothings, that they're just here to build, to, to, to harvest my crop and make sure I get fed during the winter months. I am so, <laughs> dude, I love Mac Brown. I love him. He's still the best man, the right man for the job. But you coached in the Oklahoma-Texas rivalry, and you never heard that? That's one of the fiercest, most competitive rivalries we, we have in college sports. And you're telling me that Bob Stoops never said anything close to that whenever he beat you many a times, you know, whenever they would meet in the Cotton Bowl? I just, we have got, this is why, it's why I've lost faith. I have lost faith in Tar Heel football because they're just not, frankly, mentally tough enough. And we put our pinkies out and we get all offended when someone uses a four-letter word. Like, Mac Brown, they're rivals. You're supposed to hate them. It's okay to hate them. And maybe if you started hating them, we'd win more often than not. I like that. That was strong. Um, it was strong. Vidi has been a real stand-on business guy here lately. He has. Using that phrase a lot. I'm not saying that he does it. I'm saying he uses that a lot. What do you have against farmers right now, man? Man, have you seen the have you seen the prices when you go to the grocery store? 
Is it NC State's fault? <laughs> Inflation's real, man. And NC State is the problem of it. I, I do like how you were just talking down to them as farmers and saying they need to harvest crops and put food <laughs> on your table. And then you said that we're too pinky out and we look down and we are the ones acting too, I guess, sophisticated to not use a direct word. But And then that was right after you just called them farmers and looked down on them. But... It's okay. The foul line, there are no rules. That's why you go to the foul line, because everything is foul, and it doesn't have to make sense. No, it doesn't. I appreciate all of it. Now, we were talking about this with KB, because this dominated his show yesterday afternoon. Does the apology and the timing of the apology from Dave Doran matter at all? Like, if Dave Doran apologized Monday after the game, this definitely looks 10 times even worse on Mac Brown. But let's say if Dave waited till yesterday to call him and apologize. Does it make Mac Brown look any better? Because in my opinion, this was Mac Brown deflecting. After you had a wide receiver commit flip from you to NC State, after you brought in one of the worst classes you've recruited since you came back to Carolina for the second time, he was wanting to deflect the fact that the momentum, the feelings around this program, they're not as positive as, as they should be coming off a stint of the five years of quarterback play you've had in Sam Howell and Drake May. Yeah, I mean, you know, I got to roll with Fiddy a little bit here. Dave Doran, as he said, didn't know that the cameras were in there. I mean, I could see what people would feel like a little bit with them saying that about their kids. But at the end of the day, man, this is football. This is nasty. This is their rivals. And, yeah, I mean, if that's what Doran said behind closed doors about a team, so what? There's been a lot worse said about teams, especially rivalries, teams that you hate. God knows the things that I've said and would say if I was a <laughs> head coach. So, I mean, I didn't see an issue with what Doran said, and I don't think Mac Brown should have taken an issue with it. And I think Fiddy did hit it right on the head as far as that being the problem with this rivalry is that State lives to knock off Carolina, and Carolina doesn't bring the same energy. I also uh, laughed, just like you did, Fiddy, at Dave Doran apologizing for it being known. Yeah. He did not apologize for calling the players POSs. Well, he decided to apologize you- because of the publicity of the event, saying I wouldn't have done it. I-, I like that line of defense for things that might be problematic. Well, I didn't know anybody was going to know about it. <laughs> well, That's what Dave Doran hit us with. I, I, I'm a Carolina guy. I saw that clip 30 minutes after I watched my team get its butt kicked by NC State. I didn't take any offense to that. As a matter of fact, I want my coach to outwardly feel that same way about NC State. You had that in Roy Williams. Like, yes, it's understood that Duke Carolina is the primary rivalry in basketball. But everyone knows that Roy Williams hated NC State 10 times more than he hated Duke. And it reflected in him going 38-5 and against him all time between his 30 years coaching at Kansas and Carolina. Like, Mac Brown talks about how important these rivalry games are. But he doesn't. His actions don't act like it. They don't back that up because Dave Dorn, when he got the job, was told, beat UNC. And he understands why. When Mac Brown was hired... It was beat Duke, beat State, beat Wake more consistently than what Larry Fedora did. And he's done that with Duke and Wake for the most part. But State's the big one, and every time we come up short, he's up there whining and complaining about God knows what. What I love about this conversation, I'm glad you bring Roy Williams into it, because you're right, he clearly hates NC State more. It's been well documented. Many people have talked about his hatred for NC State. I think Mac Brown hates Duke more. He told Why? Us, he, he told us that in the postgame uh, presser 
on the field when he gave us that soundbite when they talked to him about beating Duke. What did he say? He said it's the most important thing we do. You can disagree with it. It's not in football. Okay, I hear you on that. What did Mac Brown say, though? He said it's the most important thing we do. I'm with you. In football, I view NC State as a much bigger rival in that sport to North Carolina than I do Duke. Because Duke has been so bad for so long, and at least NC State, North Carolina, in parts have been even. NC State clearly dominating here lately. But in basketball, clearly North Carolina's biggest rival is Duke, and it might be the best rivalry in sports, depending on who you ask. Around here, it's Carolina-Duke basketball as the biggest rivalry in sports. But it's interesting because Mac Brown is telling you beating Duke on a football field is the most important thing. And I also go back to, man, how much overlap was there between Mac and Steve Spurrier back in the day? Was there any overlap? We'd have to get the research. I think Let's they do were, the research time. I so think that, they were there the year that Duke beat them 48-0 so, so or whatever. So my, my question is, I, I think it was with Mac Brown there. We can all remember the story of Steve Spurrier beating North Carolina, getting his entire team out there on the football field and taking the picture in Keenan Stadium with the scoreboard in the background and Carolina fans being livid about it. And since then, of course, you know, North Carolina clearly has the better record against them. I just am more interested in gaining perspective on what Mac Brown views as important as a rivalry compared to what Roy Williams did when you brought him up. And Mac Brown, he wants to beat Duke. And you know what? That's what he's done. And NC State, if he doesn't have that same vitriol, then... You know, NC State certainly showing it with Dave Doran's comments and the way that they perform on the field. Yeah, man. And so for Mac Brown, I think that that was unnecessary to bring that up at a signing day press conference. Yeah, the timing of it is the weirdest thing. Yeah, and, and, you know, I have to agree. It does make him look a little bit soft. He should have had a snarky comment to go back and say, well, we're going to show you what time it is in these coming matchups. All right, that'll do it for the live wire. Just one soundbite. And Fiddy went to the foul line. We played two. Yeah, but just the same. Yeah, two sound bites, but the same thing. All right, so one storyline, live wire, <laughs> two different sound bites, one foul line, and a partridge in a pear tree. Merry Christmas. Let's move on. Two more segments hmm. to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7. Walker and I are going to have to take a little bit of a break from you guys coming up, but we'll be back before you know it. Keep the text coming on the Charlotte Men's Clinic 
Text line 704-570-9610. Man, I tell you, boy, that checks. There's something else out here with these wings, let me tell you. Fitty's got the checks wings going, and it is good. He, he shared one with me today for once. He finally, you know, shared something with me. Yeah. You know, That's he nice didn't of him. never to, ask, you know, if we want to eat something or anything like that, you know, but. You want me to read the text line while you chew on the checks line? No, I'm done now. I'm done. Okay. I'm good to go. You got it. But the text line, we got Granny Pat checking in. Haven't heard from Granny Pat in a while, or maybe I missed it. She said, Fitty, you know I love you and agree with all of your statements. Just don't like Dallas, and I'll leave you a few bucks in my will. It's Straight cash, homie. Good for you, Fitty. What did you see on the text line, Walt? Uh, that was it. Granny Pat uh, actually letting Fitty know that Fitty might be in her will. That's pretty good. That's how you know you're in the good graces of the listenership and the text line. Granny Pat, I don't know what I got to do, but now I'm a little jealous, to be honest with you. <laughs> me too, Granny Pat. I thought as much as you love Fire Fizzle, you might leave me a little lunch money in there, something like that. Come I need on, to figure man. something out. I need to figure just, just $1 just to say that I'm included. Now I feel weird, though, for asking to be in somebody's will. This is all very unbecoming of me, and I apologize. Because of Fitty, though. Fitty, yeah, yeah, you know. How do you feel, Fitty? Do you feel good about it? into our uh, bad graces. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's definitely an honor uh, to have that kind that that kind of impact, that kind of influence on someone that I get left in their will. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. Okay. A seven hundred four number texted in and said, uh, "This fitty dude is not a Carolina guy." Mm-hmm. Walker, you've known me over four years. Wes, you've known me over a year. We've gone through football seasons and basketball seasons together. Do y'all think I am not a Carolina guy through and through? Listen, all they need to do is go on the socials, the Wes and Walker social and the WFNZs to see the videos that we post of you. You are Carolina down. Yeah, okay? I, you are as big a Gamecock fan I know. Like, you're clearly a Carolina guy, and I don't know why anybody would question your love I for USC. I hate you. I hate your guts. <laughs> I mean, the text line is lit, though, from that rant. We got USMC Dave saying, didn't Drake May say kids play for state when they can't get into USC? Ha, ha, ha. And then he was forced to apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At least, you know, we don't know that, but he apologized afterwards. And it was all like, well, probably was forced to apologize. He said he didn't mean anything by it, or I forget what he said. But, yeah, like it would have been just fine leaving it alone. And Drake May apologized, and now Dave Doran has to. Yeah, it's always – yeah, it's all, any anytime anything is said about the other program, somebody calls him out, and then it's like, well, okay, I'm sorry for that. But no, nah, man, just let the hate flow through you. The thing is, is that, you know, when people get upset about stuff that gets said, it's like, what what do they think, like, goes on in these locker rooms, or what do they think go on here? But, Fitty, yeah, you're definitely a true Tar Heel. The text line is lit. I mean, what do these people think that the players are saying about each other when they play against these teams? I mean, we saw Peyton Wilson talking crazy uh, about Carolina. Like I said, Drake May had his comments, and that was just what he put, you know, out there. Who knows what he says when he is, you know, amongst the other Tar Heels. But I think this is going to certainly add to this rivalry even more, and I think that's going to juice it up. So I like it. I'm here for it. I'm just glad that y'all y'all have my back because, man, that one that one cuts to the core. Cause I know I mean, it does. See, that's why you're <laughs> such a true fan because somebody saying something like that cuts to the core, and I think it makes you more. I mean, good fan, bad fan, but I think when you're objective about your team, but you still have your fandom, I think that 
you know, that's a redeeming quality. Yeah, like this is, you know, you know, good fan, good fan, bad fan, whatever, right? Like I, I never like talking about, you know, oh, you're a bad fan or a good fan based on this or whatever. Oh, you see, I'm the one that gatekeeps oh, fandom, so that's oh, why I'm like, I know. So like, who, who would, so is there, do you welcome other people being in your neighborhood with how big of a fan you are? Or are you one that wants to be king of the mountain and say like you and Flounder, both of you, like I, I saw Flounder do one of the hits on Twitter live last night or whatever it was. And Carolina blue all up in the background, you know, clippings on the wall or whatever like that. Like, Flounder and you could have a real battle as number one fan. How does that make you feel when I say there's a real battle with somebody competing uh, with you uh, as that number one fan? You know, when it comes to me and Flounder, like, as long as you started off with the only reason he's a Carolina fan is because of me. And, yeah, and, and this, is. No, this is a true story. I know. I know it is. He but was I, not a it, sports fan before him and I met because he grew, you know, his, his parents are from New York. They're more pro sports people. If he had a college fan that he would have cheered for, he identified when we first met as a Duke fan, here's my thing. I just want people to be passionate, man. Like, I'm passionate. But I don't let that passion, you know, sometimes it may get in the way of what I say on here when it comes to the rivalry stuff. <laughs> but I do think I am objective. Like, when Carolina doesn't play bad or when they don't play good, I don't come on here and say it's all sunshine and rainbows. And let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Like, I'm going to go on there and tell you what I think and... Sometimes that gets me in trouble with my own fan base. Logo 704 said, nobody will outfan Smoke Ludwig. <laughs> Smoke is strong, man. With, with the about rants, another passionate fan. I love because it doesn't matter. Smoke doesn't need a mic to rant, and neither do you, to be fair. But Smoke, it just it's zero to 100 talking about he real does. quick. I yes. mean, at the drop of a hat, like, Fiddy is almost, he almost abides by the philosophy, I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. Like, that's also smoke, but he's he's here right now. Like, he is ready to go on a rant and just go out of nowhere where he's yelling and now he's a, a lot of the Hornets rants is what I've heard. And the thing is, too, you know, when he starts to look up at the sky, because that's what he does. When he looks off into the distance, into the sky, you better look out because he's about to bring it. So let's get into uh, more Panthers talk and talking about NFC South. And if Carolina is able to rebuild this roster, get the right coach in, et cetera, and start to become a contender uh, in this conference, which team in the NFC South can be Carolina's biggest challenge to winning the NFC South in the future? You've got your options of the New Orleans Saints, who their roster is fairly aged. They've got some youth, though, and there's talk that Alvin Kamara may not be there uh, much longer past this season, but you've got Chris Olave and some other young players. But this is an aging roster for the most part. Then you go over to Atlanta, and they're the most fun roster when you look at the skill, position, talent that they've got. We know as a run-blocking unit, offensive line-wise, what they represent. Defense, they've been a work in process. But uh, Jay, Jesse Bates has been a guy that's come over there and definitely provided them uh, with a spark. And then you go look at Tampa Bay right now. And they're an organization that looks like they put themselves in a position to win the NFC South along with the New Orleans Saints. Atlanta could still get in there, but they got to have a little bit of help. But Baker Mayfield has come there and revived himself. Mike Evans, who knows what the future holds for him uh, in Tampa Bay. And they've got some guys on that defense that have been there for a little while, but still some studs nonetheless. So who's the team that you feel like right now could be their biggest challenge in the future of winning the NFC South? Yeah, I I can't help but go to the Falcons more so than the other teams. Uh, we'll see what Tampa Bay does at quarterback. Baker Mayfield has been better this year than he was last year. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Derek Carr has not been better this year than he was last year. 
year. In fact, he's gotten considerably worse. Saints also have a ton of cap space eaten up. In fact, if you go to over the cap, they have the least amount of cap space in all of the NFL, and they are always the butt of the joke on they are always the team that finds just imaginary cap space somewhere. Somehow the Saints do it. It was always going to come back to bite them, though. And here they are with a bunch of aging players on their roster with the least amount of cap space and a QB that you paid a lot of money for that just hasn't been playing very well this season. So now that you have that situation with New Orleans, you don't even know who your next head coach is going to be on top of an aging roster. I really like Chris Olave. They've got some pieces here and there. They're not a talentless football team, but even so, this is what kind of record they have to show for it. And I mean, was it the oldest defense in the NFL? I think that's what we had at the beginning of the season. Tampa, I just don't know what some of these free agents are going to do for them. Does Mike Evans come back? He's been such a huge weapon for them for so long. I like Chris Godwin a lot. I think if you look at Tristan Wirfs, they've got some nice younger pieces as foundation pieces for them. I just don't know what they're going to do at QB. I guess that question is still true for Atlanta, but they have a really good offensive line. They have really good skill position depth. They have good defenders where though they're not flawless. They need to get some pass rushers, but they also have come a long way on that side of the ball. If they have an average QB, what does that offense look like? And if they have a coach that's willing to play their best players, a problem I didn't know some coaches had, Arthur Smith just refuses <laughs> to do it, then what does that team look like? For me, I just look at the Falcons compared to everybody else in this division and think that's the team that feels like they could compete more with Carolina if the Panthers figured this out. This is the hypothetical, right? It's the Falcons for me, Wes. Yeah, um... When you look at the cap space for next season, New Orleans is projected to be $89 million under the cap. So that tells me a lot of guys are going to be gone from New Orleans. Over the uh, cap, right. Yeah, season. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of guys are going to be gone from New Orleans in the coming seasons. I mean, you look at some of the vets they have and think of some of the pricey players that could end up being free agents. I mean, Cameron Jordan, you probably would think he would be one of the guys that could be a cap casualty. Mario Davis could be one of those guys, the Honey Badger. Like, they've got a few guys. And then uh, offensively, that's why a lot of people are saying Alvin Kamara probably won't be there uh, in the coming seasons, too. So that's an interesting aspect to their team. And then Tampa Bay is in the best cap shape. Uh, when you look at them as far as Carolina's opponents, they're 11th. Atlanta is 15th. And Tampa Bay is projected to be $47 million over the cap or under the cap, I should say. And so you look at the NFL draft positions, too. That also helps to let you know kind of what the future could be looking like. Atlanta currently sitting there with a the top 10 selection. New Orleans is sitting there at 13th as it stands today. Tampa is 19th right now, so who knows what type of player they could add in the impact and in free agency. If I had to pick the team, I think, Walker, I would probably jump in the boat with you just because of the youthful skill talent that Atlanta has, but they still need to uh, shore up that defense. But again, as I said, bringing in a Jesse Bates, but they've got to have a youth movement of guys who aren't going to cost them a ton and guys that can come over there and play well. A.J. Terrell is one of those guys also. But the skill talent is there. You've got your franchise back in B. John Robinson. You've got Algier. Both of those guys are still relatively cheap. And Drake London, he's still a young guy. And Kyle Pitts, I mean, his production, when it is time for him to get a deal, isn't going to warrant him getting some monstrous contract like a, a lot of people thought when he was going to uh, – when he came into the league from the draft. And so Atlanta, I think they will be quarterback hunting this season, whether they try to trade up in this draft and get somebody, whether they stay put and do so. 
uh, if they have a top 10 selection or if they go into free agency. But I would go with Atlanta as well. And so now when you look at Tampa, though, Baker Mayfield, the way that he's playing right now, tied for fourth in the NFL in touchdown passes. He's got 24 of those to eight interceptions, completing around 64% uh, of his passes, averaging 236 yards per game. Stark contrast from what we saw here in Carolina. But do you think that he will be the most coveted free agent this offseason when you talk about quarterbacks? Well, yeah, trying to bring up some of the free agent QBs. I, Baker is playing as well as any of those guys. It's not, you know, one of these situations where you see QBs that are all over the place that would be valuable. But Baker has played well with Tampa. And I think the problem now is if you're Tampa Bay, he's played well. And yet this is still a team that's not running w- away with a very weak division, despite him playing well. And it's not like you look at any of these other pieces or these other groups and think, well, they're really shorthanded there. I mean, the offensive line has Tristan Wirfs on one side. You have a defensive line with a first-round pick in Canty and Vita Vea. We can go to the linebacking core. We can go to the secondary. There are players on that side of the ball, certainly, that you feel good about being on this team long-term. If you bring back Baker Mayfield at a decent contract, Do you feel good about being able to enhance your roster elsewhere? Because clearly there are enhancements that you need to make with a roster not winning the NFC South. And for me, where I am on the QBs, and we've always debated about just how good average middle of the road QBs, how they stack up wherever, right? How much are they even worth? I'm never really in the business of wanting to pay what 25, 30, maybe it's something under 25. It's still a lot of money despite that being around the place you want to pay a QB that is of Baker Mayfield's ilk, it still eats up a decent amount of cap space. And so if that's the case, yeah, you might be going 500, but do I trust Tampa Bay to make a deep run with him as the QB? I'm going to have to see more than what I've seen even this year. And this is the last time we've seen him play this well is what the year before the 20 interception season that he had in Cleveland. So am I going to invest in a one season's worth of production from Baker before we've saw, and the last time that we've seen anything like it was what four or five years ago in a completely different circumstance. I, I think if you're Tampa, like Baker Mayfield might be the most highly sought after guy in that situation, but if I'm Tampa, especially if you lose Mike Evans and you're losing, uh, maybe you move off of Levante David because he's older too. Like this might be a time for the typical retooling rather than the rebuilding. Well, with a few games left, if he throws two touchdowns per game, that's going to put him at 30 touchdowns. Let's just say he throws a few picks. So 30 touchdowns somewhere along the lines of 11 to 12 interceptions. I mean, that is going to be some money that's going to get him a payday. I don't think it'll be a lengthy contract. I think teams are going to want to see a little bit more from him in those regards. They could salary cap him. I don't know how his deal is structured, but I could see him getting maybe a two-year deal with the player option so then he if he comes out next season and plays this way then maybe they could do something a little bit more long term but I don't think he'll be the most coveted free agent because I think that designation is going to go to Kirk Cousins if he does indeed hit the market I think that he will I think Kirk Cousins if he hits it yeah the number one guy out there uh, for everybody to see but with the way Baker's playing and this begged the question you know especially coming off the performance that he had um, against Green Bay this week on the road, perfect quarterback rating he had in that game. Uh, He played just phenomenal football. Like you said, he does have Tampa Bay in a position to be able to win this division. 
And so it just got me to thinking as I'm watching him, as I see these highlights, he goes for 381 yards, four scores, and he was 22 of 28. And I said, was it an indictment on Carolina that it didn't work when we see the struggles that he had, we see the struggles that Bryce Young is having now. Was it more of an indictment on the Panthers than it was Baker Mayfield when we see what he's done going off to a division rival and playing the way that he's played? I am not here to tell you the Panthers have earned any sort of the benefit of the doubt because they haven't. I think that what you saw last year was a bad organization continue to do bad things to help out all sorts of what might be even good players a part of this franchise. But I watched Baker Mayfield miss too many short, open throws to say that it was all on the coaching staff. That's what I saw. And it's not like it's the only time that we've seen Baker struggle or certain teams pass up on this guy. Carolina was the only one that decided to go trade for Baker Mayfield. And it was clearly still a bad trade. I think a lot of people are giving credit to Dave Canales, the former Seahawks QB coach with what he did in Seattle, but then even in Cleveland. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kevin Stefanski has that team playing pretty well. It doesn't matter who is going to be starting at QB. Deshaun Watson, he wasn't good. He just flat out was not a good football player for them when he stepped onto a field. He was in Houston. He was great. But here he is in Cleveland. There's nothing to show you that he was anywhere even close to what he did with the Texans. And yet you're still able to put yourself in a position on top of what is a great defense. But also they're able to score enough points to win some of these games. Or even be in contention to win some of these games that do end up being high scoring. And you're talking about Joe Flacco, P.J. Walker, DTR, the UCLA rookie. Doesn't matter. So if Kevin Stavansky is able to win some of the games that he has with those QBs and Baker Mayfield didn't work out at the end with Cleveland, didn't really work out here in Carolina, has the one game with the L.A. Rams that was incredible because it was on short rest, but then he doesn't really do anything after that. That's despite Matthew Stafford being hurt. Like, that's not one where I look at it and say, man, Carolina really messed up in not keeping him. No, Carolina doesn't earn the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not losing sleep at night, losing Baker Mayfield as my starting QB. Yeah, I don't think that you should. Uh, as much as I'm you know, impressed with what Baker's been able to do, I think it's a situation where Baker knew, hey, this is it. This is the last chance. And I think that he fell into the right situation. We talked about preseason that he had the right weapons around him to be able to do a little bit of damage. Like if this was going to be his last shot, he had a nice table lined up in front of him as far as receiving weapons that he could throw to. And so I think he's done an admirable job, but I'm not going to put it on the Panthers either as to why uh, this did not work out with him. I just think Baker was just in a rut. The way that he fell off at the end of that Cleveland run and then the way that he came to Carolina, man, it looked like the end for him. And it wasn't just here. And that's why I think with that sample size that we got from two different teams where the play was subpar, I'm not going to put that on the Panthers. But I do think he's done an admirable job with this team. And I think he's going to continue to play well as they close. Well, and think about all the other QBs who also weren't good, but played better than he did in this system. Sam Darnold played better than Baker Mayfield did. Yeah. P.J. Walker, my guy, Tampa Bay. Hall of Famer, P.J. Walker. Hall (laughs) of Famer when it comes to the one-game sample size of Tampa Bay. But if it was just one game that got you in the Hall of Fame, P.J. would be in it after what he did. But that's my point. As we joke, P.J. Walker, even Teddy Bridgewater, when Joe Brady was considered this awful offensive coordinator, Teddy Bridgewater played a better brand of football here in Carolina with Matt Rule as head coach. And even if Ben McAdoo wasn't as good as Joe Brady, whatever, there's different opinions there. Baker was the worst QB here out of all the guys that we didn't want anyway. So, nah, it can't be on Carolina. But good on him for performing well this year. Like, he's 
He's been the best QB in the division. He's been better than Derek Carr. He's been better than Bryce. He's clearly been better than Desmond Ritter. And that's no small feat. So he's done a good job with Tampa. All right. Well, when we come back, we shut her down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody had their volume up because the bass on this song is crazy. Isn't it? That thing sounded good. It had me hyped. All right. It's Wes and Walker bumping going into the holiday weekend. Goodness gracious. (laughs) I hope we got all the heads turned your way at the intersection when that thing was blaring. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you hanging out with us just one more time before the holiday break. We're not going to be gone too long. We'll be back with you on Thursday of next week. Adam Gold going to be doing the show from 12 to 3. We'll be, I think, replaying that show tomorrow from 12 to 3. And then it's the Pride Squad, Fitty and Flounder at the Doghouse. Live on remote for the first time. Fiddy going to be hosting his first remote show. You nervous at all for a remote show, or you uh you think you got it handled? No, oh, no, nervous. No, excited. Grew up listening to shows be a broadcast at the doghouse. Work shows that are broadcast out of the doghouse. But now I get to host a show. Okay. Out there at the doghouse, so I want every member of the Marlowe Militia. Come by Minton Moorhead, sign autographs. Calling all. Sign um, autographs. And if you ain't there, your ass is done. You're going to part of Walker's Wranglers like Panther Bow. Yeah, Panther Bow is here. I appreciate it. But then what's my crew going to be called? I don't have a crew. I mean, what you want to name it? Wes's Warriors. But Wes's Lafayette. No, He's going to be no, too clowning. No, I'll think about that. Wes's Bryant's Warriors. Butchers. <laughs> <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> no, okay, we can just go that too if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, last time I tried to come up with nicknames for you, I got clowned. And we're going to hear that in just a moment. Yeah. I say with that, let's go ahead and go to the week that was. All right. Before we get to you guys clowning me about the wrestling nicknames for the moniker we're trying to think of for Wes and even Fitty just a little bit. What are you doing? I'm driving the week that was. I told you that I was going to. Not your kid. No, I'm doing it. You didn't want to do any of these sound bites when we talked about it at the beginning of the show. You yeah, didn't you want to do kind one. Of crapping on stuff. That's what I'm saying. You so know. I decided to take over because you didn't want to do it, and that's fine. But I, I took over. One man show. You stopped me. <laughs> I want you to know I was in a groove. You stopped me before the end of the show, and so we'll air out the business. I'm Dave Doran with the camera in the locker room. If you want to show what's going on, mm. that's fine. But there it is. Mm. So let's go back to the sound bite. Speaking of ranting. Here's Wes 
doing the same whiny voice that we've come to love on other foul lines. Wes was ranting once again about Aaron Rodgers. This is the guy that all season, I, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be the first guy to do it with an Achilles. Everybody knew. I tore my dog on Achilles. I knew he wasn't coming back this season that fast, but that's what Aaron Rodgers does. He just showed you guys what type of guy he is this year. He came in a team just loving on him, treating him like he was a god, even though he chokes more time than giving your infant steak at mm, six yeah, months old. Oh, okay, this no guy chokes all going. the time in the playoffs. <laughs> you can't trust him there. He still gets this boogeyman type of mystique about him, even though he hadn't won jack-ish, okay? And then he comes back talking about, I'm going to come back from an Achilles faster than anybody. No, you didn't. Sit your ass down and go on somewhere, man. I'm, nobody, I'm so tired of Aaron Rodgers, man. I think that was the most I've ever seen Fitty hover over the dump button for you because there were a couple of questionable sentences. I did not know where you were going to land. I had all the faith you wouldn't go there. Yeah, I but had it even, going. When you when you drop a couple of the phrases you did, I mean, you did talk about an infant. Uh, well, I don't know. It was weird going down that lane. But that's the kind of frustration you had with Aaron Rodgers. Always prepared is Fitty back then. I think it's better to be prepared than not. So I knew I wasn't going to go to the dump button, but you guys didn't, and fortunately I didn't. I'm I'm glad. No, I'm glad. I was like, oh, oh, are you going there? Fiddy looked at me. What's funny is Fiddy looking dead at me as soon as he hovers over. He he lunges over it like he's diving for a loose ball. He goes, wait, what? Oh, okay. He didn't say it. I was like, I got you, Fiddy. Nice yeah, job. He bro. lunged for it like Cam Newton did. Oh, yeah. He didn't oh, go for that fumble, no, right? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. All right, next. Next soundbite. <laughs> we had Mark Henry on a couple of days ago. Fun interview. Go check it out on WFNZ.com. We'll play a little tidbit for you here. It was actually the end of it. West wanted to talk about a different holiday for one Mark Henry, or not even Mark Henry. Maybe we can go to his nickname, Sexual Chocolate. Oh, does sexual chocolate make an appearance mm-hmm. at the Henry household? <laughs> Transform back into that character. <laughs> Listen, man, sexual chocolate makes an appearance every week. (laughs) Sexual chocolate. I love that Mark Henry goes by that nickname. I like also that it's not even necessarily sexy chocolate. Like, Mm -hmm. he goes sexual chocolate, which leads me, you know, how many people got that bedroom moniker for him? Oh. (laughs) Like, like, you know, it doesn't have to be that one. Just is there any, like, do you turn into a A different different beast? What about you, Fiddy? Do you want to, do you want to share what might be happening with what you call, this is a bad combo. Uh, What happened with your lover, as you called her a couple of years ago? You know, the fit Meister, (laughs) the fit dog. (laughs) Fit dog. Uh... Oh, fit dog. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there is one word I, I say a lot that I, you know, that I make you people uncomfortable with. Yeah, that's okay. We don't have. To um, do that. Can you give me the sexual chocolate in the West Loves Orange Soda voice? Who loves sexual chocolate? West loves sexual chocolate. <laughs> is it true? Mm-hmm. Chocolatey dookie doo 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 doo. That was good. I don't Walker, think it was that, that, great. That, that voice you hit when you were singing during the break, man, I said, is that how you serenade the old lady? My girlfriend? No, she, yeah. no, you talk about how that, would, that wouldn't lead to anything. I'm going to tell you that right oh, yeah, now. Laughs, you, you said that's I what would, it would lead to. You, it would lead to laughs. I, you said I was singing like Justin Guarini from the Dr. Pepper commercials. Yeah, you were, man. You hit that falsetto. That mm-hmm. thing was sounding fire. I tried. So, Walker, do you go by Lanky Ass, yep. Big Bird? All of that. Fish Bleeper? Like, hey. Well, never mind. 
Oh, yeah. that's. I hate when you bring that. Let's move on. One more. Speaking of <laughs> nicknames, last one. I got clowned for my nickname mentions for Wes as we were trying to find a wrestling character name for him. He was not with any of the texture suggestions. And, well, a couple of the ones I had for him he wasn't with either. Here are the two bad ones. <laughs> because you're an offensive lineman. Because <laughs> you're a left tackle. There's uh-huh. a couple that pertain there. Yeah. What about the offensive grapple? No, yeah. hell no. That's not that. That sounds like something your grandmother would come up with. Ladies and gentlemen, the offensive grapple. Yeah, I'm not even walking out to that. Oh, that's fire. I don't care who you say. All right, I so like I like that. the blind side. We're rolling with this one. Uh, this one is the word. This one's, this one's even worse than offensive grapple. Okay. All right, you ready? Wesselmania. Yeah. No, hell no. Yeah. That's not good. <sighs> I'm embarrassed to even bring that to the airwaves. Yeah. <laughs> no offensive grapple second time. Yeah, nah, man. I'm going to pass on those, okay? Fitz and Wesson, though. He did like Fitz and Wesson. Fitz and Wesson was the one for me and Fitty, man. All right, that'll do it. You guys have a great holiday break. Yeah, we man. Hold on. Quick shout out to the Canes getting that big win over Las Vegas last night, even though they lost six of their last nine, but they've won three out of the last five. What's man. their so one? What's their play. one game sample, though? One game sample. They beat the hell out of Las Vegas. Hundred percent, baby. All right, we love the Canes. And we love game. you. We love you. You guys have a great holiday break. We'll yes, be back with you holidays. next Thursday. See Thank you, you so much. Thanks to Wes for helping me out. Thanks to the Fitmeister, as he's known in the bedroom. It's Sports Radio ninety two seven. And to all a good afternoon.